And it's like, if we look at it from that perspective and understand from the kingdom that Jesus was actually coming, would you make it now, many people didn't know that, but you know, there could be times when we have people that come to our house and we have our people that we're having dinner, and someone that you really admire, someone that you appreciate, someone that you love beyond what you could ever speak or share shows up. Are you going to make room? Absolutely. Maybe there's somebody at your table that could be that uncle. That you could go, well, you know what? You need to get up out of here because someone's so just showed up. I need your seat. Would you be that bold? Would you be that bold to remove something? Doesn't have to be a person, but would you remove something to create room in your life for something that is much more valuable? We're back on track as far as our. Backpack sermon and series and all its concern. And so far, as we work through everything, I, I just I have to ask you have, you: have you done your homework? Okay. Um, let me ask this. Now, and this this part of the homework was kind of easy. Who has watched a Snoodle's Tale? Okay, YouTube Veggie Tales, very simple, about 13 minutes. But Snoodle's Tale, really, I, I know you may be like, Ian, you got to be kidding me, but no, no, it's really, it's awesome. <clears throat> the Snoodle's Tale, watch it, get a chance. Who has inventoried your backpack? Who understands, and they're getting, you don't need to raise hands, because, you know, if you want to, then be bold. But who has inventoried your backpack? Who you looked at your rocks that you're carrying? Which is this, the hurt, the loneliness, the worry, the regrets, the lack of self-worth. Whatever it is that you have in our backpack of life that weighs you down, that stops you or hinders you from taking that next step forward. Have you inventory those? Do you know how you see life? Have you thought about, you know what, I really look at life through the glasses of pain, hurt, Pride, skepticism. The, the list can go on and on and on. But these are things to understand what we are carrying in our backpack of life that covers our gifts and our talents and our treasure, everything that God gives us, has given us the, our purpose, our portrait. So, in having done all of this and looking through this, and I've been thinking about the room and needing room. I've got something up here I think everyone has. You ready? Those down the floor. If you don't have a junk drawer, you have a junk closet. If you don't have a junk closet, then you probably have a junk building somewhere in the back. <laughs> but we all have one, right? It's the catch-all. This is our jungle. Not bad for non people, right? We won't get in the house this November. And so we're going to move over here to the <clears throat> But stuff. A remote that goes to, I don't know, what TV. Uh, 
open case that does not have the problem that we have now. A garage door opener, then I don't even know. Maybe it just works the neighbor's garage, because this isn't ours. It just it catches all these things, right? And sometimes you look at this and we're like, you know what, I need to, I need to go through this. And then you're like, no, I don't need to go through this. And I don't want to go through this because I don't want to be reminded. I don't want to see all the wasted space. But let's say you do tackle it. Or you do tackle your garage or your closet, whatever it is. And you start moving through and all of a sudden things end up in piles. Don't need this at all. Maybe I'll use this someday. Or, oh, that's where this is. So we find all of these different things. Some are treasures, some are just completely trash. Some are of the past that you don't need anymore. And when we remove those things, then what does it do? It opens up space. Because you know what? You have things that now can be used in your time, in your season of life, of where you are today, that it is useful and it is meaningful to what you need. So it's about making room. So over the last couple of weeks, as we looked at our backpack, our life, and we understand that God actually created me for a purpose. He breathed life into my lungs. And that's how he sees me. That's my portrait. That's who I'm becoming. That's what I'm shifting into. Whatever it is. But this is how God sees me. Not how I see me. Because too often I see me this way. All my past experiences create lenses for me to look at life. And at times, these lenses bring us confusion, misdirection. We get off the path. The enemy is thrilled and God's heart is hurt. Because no father wants their children to not see clearly. So we talked about how to clean our glasses. Today we're going to be talking about why we need to make room and how we need to make room. Now it's been two weeks since I've been up here. I don't know if we're going to get through everything I write down today. Because i got a whole lot of stuff and it's just really exciting. But this is about why do we need to make room. And then we'll talk about how we make room. But we need to make room. Why do we need to make room? So we've got this whole big backpack and here's our, here's our talents. Here's our purpose. And we've got all those things and they fit down in there. But i got a whole lot of extra room if I'm clearing out... The old, the things that I don't need, the things that weigh me down. But I have space. Why? Why do you need space? Because there's things that God wants to do as He takes your gifts and He takes your talents and He takes the purpose that He's given you and He expands those things and we grow. The Bible talks about our job as Christians is to mature. Even Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians. You know, man, I wish I could give you meat that you could really eat and, and really mature on. But I have to give you milk because that's all you can take. But see, the Bible, and when Jesus even told his disciples, look, go make disciples. He wasn't talking about just, look, I just need to make sure that, that you're saved, that you understand that Jesus died on the cross and that's it, you're done. Discipling. 
Teaching, maturing, is a process. It's a process. So our gifts that we're given are initially are like seeds. And the more you work at it, the more you study it, the more you understand it, they get bigger. Ian, how'd your faith get so big? Well, let me tell you one more with it this way. And I got a whole bunch of stories that can go and tell you, explain to you how this happened. Ian, how'd you get so patient? First of all, I don't know why anybody ever says that to me. But I've got seven reasons why I'm more patient. Training, right? Teaching. Come on, you, can I get an amen? You guys, you understand what I'm talking about? It's not about just being here, living here. This is not enough. For us to move through into the perfect totality of what God has designed us to be. Our faith needs to get stronger. Our patience needs to deepen. Our love needs to get more stronger. Our joy needs to increase. That's why you have extra room. Because God knows in backpacking his living fits the portrait of how he sees you and what you're becoming. Because it needs to hold everything that he's given you and how it grows. The Bible also talks about putting on the whole armor of God. Right? A year, a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, we did a series on weapons of warfare. What and how do the fruits of the Spirit transition into being able to live in this spiritual world and battle? So love, as scripture tells us, is the most powerful weapon. How big is yours? Could it get bigger? Now see, that's a catch question right there. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. That's God. God is unlimited. Automatically that tells you right there that your love can get bigger. So don't look at me and go, you know, I'm good. I got plenty of patience. Joy in it just oozes out every pore of my skin. No, no, it can get bigger. And that's the thing: as God reveals to us what these gifts are, what these talents are, as He begins to show us what armor we are to put on, what weapons we're supposed to tuck in this backpack as we move through our life, means that He's got this great plan for us. He's got this great plan for us. John 10.10 talks about abundant life. Talks about abundant life. That Jesus is speaking and he says, and he's talking about his sheep. He said, you know, when there's a thief that's come in to steal, kill, and destroy, that's the enemy. He wants to take all this stuff. He wants to tear your portrait apart. He wants to shred your purpose. He wants you to forget that you have any gifts, talents, skills, abilities. But he wants to give you this. You know, you're betrayed, you've been hurt, you're bitter, you worry about everything, anxiety just pours down on you because that's life. That's just the way life is. And all of a sudden, we end up taking more time to increase the size of our rocks to boulders than we do taking our gifts and letting those explode into what they're supposed to be. So the reason we need to make more room is because 
God wants us to live an abundant life. And you'll be going, you know what, Ian, I know what abundant life is. Do you? Because I'm talking about abundance from God's point of view, His definition, looking at your life through His lenses. Abundant is more than we could ever imagine. So He wants us to have this abundant life. He wants us to be able to defend ourselves against a thief or a roaring lion who is seeking to destroy what he's given us so that we end up living in the junk floor. That's why we need to make more room. And we have to be determined and intentional to open up the junk drawer and start going through it. Have you ever decided to clean out your junk drawer or your junk space? If you if you have, here's been this is my life, okay? Okay. You take that deep breath and you're like, okay, I want to get this thing. Or I don't know what's going to jump out at me. You know, it's one of those two things, but you're just, you're taking that deep breath to go, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be intentional. And I'm going to step into that. And that's what we're looking at as far as stepping into this. There are some of these things that we have owned our entire life. We have lived through the lenses of fear. We have lived through the lenses of pain. We have thought that my whole life is nothing but one big betrayal. We're used to that. That's what's normal for us. And at points, you have to grab that and deal with it. Now, here's the thing. Now we're going to move into how. You're not alone. You're not alone. You have to have a foundation. Where does your determination come from? Where does your intensity come from? Where is where do I find my source of being intentional on tackling a project? I have a foundation. I have a foundation. It's the one that wants to give me an abundant life. And it's to understand that he talks about in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 4, by grace we're saved through faith. It's not a works. It's a gift from God. By grace you are saved through faith. So it's not about, you know what, Ian, I've been a great person when you look at this list. Well, that's wonderful, but you know what? God's not taking resumes. He doesn't. He wants to know your heart. He wants to know your heart. Do you believe who he says he is? He's the king that came into Bethlehem. Have you made room? And you invite him to come into your life and that sets your foundation. Because you know what? Life gets rocky. Life gets hard. It throws things at you that you don't expect. And it can knock you off kilter and off balance in a hot second. But if you have a solid, stable foundation... You may rock to one side or the other, but there's always a point where you come back. One of my favorite toys as a kid 
was the things that stood on these little platforms, had a button at the bottom, and there was a string that goes through them. If you push the string, the guy collapses. If you let the string go, it comes right back up. You guys remember those things? I just showed my age on that. But sometimes life hits you in that button at the bottom of that, that toy gets pushed and you feel like you're just going to crumble, you're going to fall apart. But when God comes in and comes into your life and he brings you back to where you were supposed to be and he gives you that strength and he tightens those strings and he puts you solid where you need to go. But we need that foundation. And it can't be, I did this, 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 and this. But see, you know, the Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith. Okay? Not if you did this, 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 and this, then you're saved. Because you know what? I have undone more than I have done in my life. And I still wake up in the morning knowing that I'm in trouble. See, great. It's our faith, it's our trust, it's our understanding that Jesus is who he says he is, that he died on the cross, that he shed his blood, he paid my penalty. And I accept that. And the Holy Spirit, it says, the Bible tells us, comes and he rests within my heart, rests within my life. I haven't done anything to earn that. It's grace, his grace, my faith. That also means that there's nothing that I go out and do that can lose it. So I'm not walking around all day going, oh man, this is smart enough. It is. And I'm, I'm not being sacrilegious by any, by any point, but this is life. I don't smart off at my kids, go check my phone and have an email from God going, hey, I'm sorry, you're out. What do I need to do? Okay, okay, so then, yeah, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, I'm sorry about that. I go back to my phone and just wait for the email to open up again. You know, it's, it's, you can't live like that. We can't even live in, in parallel relationships like that, can we? Because we trust. We need to trust. And we can trust God for who He is because He has sent His Son, sacrificed His only Son for our salvation. So that he can be our savior. Savior. Savior from hell. Absolutely. Savior from betrayal. Yes. Savior from bitterness. Yes. Loneliness. Regret. Lack of self-worth. He's your savior. So all of these rocks that we talked about in our backpack. In and, and all of our junk drawer and everything, God has designed and, and set up Jesus Christ to come to save us from all of those things. That's our foundation. You want to know how to get rid of your rocks? Get your foundation solid. Once your foundation solid, then you believe. Believe that God is who He says He is. Now, one of the things about this is that there's two. Let me put it this way. Three ways that this can be handled. <clears throat> the how can be handled three different ways. One, you can choose to stay where you're at. That's a viable option. Not a good one, but it's a viable option. 
people choose to go, you know what, I just, I've, I've become fond of my lack of self-worth. It's become my identity. I like it. It's my world being like it. I'm comfortable with it. Because I know how to react in the world around me by not having self-worth. So I'm saying, I don't want to lose this. So that's an option. He can choose not to do anything about it. The other thing is miraculous. We've talked a little bit about miracles, and we're going to talk a little bit about more about them in the next few weeks. But there are things that happen miraculously. Somebody accepts Christ and all suddenly quit smoking. Don't have a taste for it, don't want it, don't want anything to do with it. Same with drinking, addictions, all those things. We've all heard stories, right? People have just been like, you know what, miraculously, man, God just took that away from me. No I'm like, what about me? Right? What about me? I, I, that would be great. So things can happen miraculously. Other times, it's a process. It's a process. And sometimes it takes us being self-disciplined to move through things and work through things and admit things and surrender things to the Lord to remove these things from our backpacks. So that's kind of how it can happen. But you've got to get your foundation set. And then you need to believe that God is going to move you through this. Here's one thing, too, that we oftentimes forget. Ask him. Ask him. One of my favorite scriptures, and we actually use it here on our bulletins a lot, first John 5 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked of him. I've said that before. People have said, well, how do you know God wants to take care of what you're asking him for? In this context... Do you think God wants you to live with a bitterness boulder in your backpack? No. A lot of us, everything we've talked about here flies right in the face of the enemy. And that's the thing, you know, the enemy and, you know, and Satan and, and his imps and his demons and all is, is the exact opposite of God and his angels. Correct? So these things that we're talking about here are designed to destroy, to kill, to steal the life that God wants you to have. Don't you think he wants you free from those things? And the answer is yes, absolutely. So in that, ask him. Believe. He's the good shepherd, right? He'll lead his sheep in the direction that they need to go. Seek him. Seek him. I was in college. A buddy of mine asked his girlfriend to get married. They got engaged. Jokester type of guy. So they're driving down the road. He pops the question in the car. She sees the ring, just loves it. 
He is holding it while they're driving. His window is down. He holds it out the window. Yep. I'm outside. Outside my door playing basketball. He comes tearing up in his car. He's like, I got the problem. And he explains what he did. And I'm like, that is a problem. What do we do? Get a metal detector. Where'd you drop it? We go buy a metal detector. We're out alongside the road. And we are seeking for this ring. found and all this other stuff, but I mean that thing on the side of the road, you can imagine it's going off. Finally, the ring. Hours were out there on the side of the road seeking something that was lost and extremely valuable on many levels. Are you willing to put the time the money, the effort in to seeking God's heart to know how he wants to remove these things from your life. There has to be a level of commitment and dedication. See and you will find. That's a promise. You all know. The question is how hard will you see? How much do you want to get rid of this so that your life is open and has room to take on all of the gifts and the talents and the blessings and the abundance that God wants to give you? See, this is part of the process. In this, understand what needs to be replaced. A couple moments ago, we were just talking about opposites. So if God is going to remove fear... The opposite of fear is going to be courage. Worry and anxiety, replace it with peace. Questions, confidence. Betrayal, loyalty. You get the picture. It's one of the things where if God is going to, and as he steps in to remove these things from your life and help you do that, then he's going to replace it. With his character. You see, this is all characteristics of the enemy, and as that gets removed, then God's going to replace it, things, those things with his character. Because you know what? You need to be prepared to do and be everything that he's called you to be. We talked about commitment. The old hymn we're going to sing in here in a few moments. But trust and obey. Trust. That means you're stepping in. You have to. You have to leave this old life and step into the new. Transition. But when that happens, who you become and who you are changes everything. More often than not, I've heard people say, when you take this step or you make this transition, where they even drop one rock out of their backpack, they're like, I never knew life could be like this. All the material possessions are the same. Nothing's really changed on the exterior. But when the interior changes, it all changes. And that's what God's going for. He's looking for us to remove those things that hold us down, weigh us down, hold us back, 
and move us into who God has called us to be. I know I say this all, but church, we get to empty our backpacks. We get to. We don't have to live there. And we get to step into an abundant life that is more than we ever imagined. We can always, we all can sit back and go, man, you know, a million dollars will change my life. What if you lived in constant joy? Other than your family members probably want to commit you for some reason, because they're like, there's no way that this is possible. But it is. But it is. God wants to take us beyond who we are right now, today. It's his joy to do that. But for us to surrender and submit to that, realize that there's things that we need to go to go through, we need to get open up those junk drawers and just go, you know what, man, let's go take it to the next level. Let's get rid of the things I don't need. I mean, I just there's a Home Depot gift card in here. You know how much money it's got on? None. Why do I have that? Do you see no one saying? There's, it's, it's these things in life that we're like, what's the point of even holding on to that? It just clutters. It just clutters. Jesus sent his son to set us free. He sent his son to set us free. And in some form or fashion, all of us are in some type of shackle or prison cell. And Jesus came to set us free. Call out to him. Call out to him. He is waiting to hear. And he is waiting to help and guide and lead. Seek him and you will find him. It will change your life. Father, Lord God, we are thankful for this day that you have given us. How we will be blessed beyond measure. Father, I pray that we seek your heart, that we seek your heart, that we seek understanding what it is that you want to do for us. Father, help us to submit to the shift and to the change. Father, open up our ears and our eyes to see you, to hear you. Father, give us a tenacity to see you, to search. Father, thank you for loving us every And Father, I pray that each one of us here, whether we're in this congregation, Father, or on Facebook, that we settle our foundation. That we open up our hearts to have your Holy Spirit come and live in us, that we accept the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. And that we God, we just solidify our heart with you. Father, thank you again for who you are. Thank you for this church. Thank you for 